Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, that's my mom. Mama. And Glenn Leverins. That's how I know. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Thursday, February 15, 2024. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and producer Gabby Burke in for Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us. It's good to be with you on this Thursday after Ash Wednesday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, even though Lent is underway, if you haven't signed up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, it's still not too late. You can still do it this morning. Just go to relevantradio.com slash Lent. On Thursdays, uh, we always remember the institution of the Holy Eucharist on Holy Thursday by our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's try to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament sometime today, uh, if you can, or, or sometime in the upcoming days, uh, or at least make a spiritual communion with our Lord for just a few moments. We are so blessed here at the Relevant Radio uh, headquarters in uh, Lincolnshire, suburban Chicago, to have this beautiful chapel uh, where we can stop by and make just a short visit with Jesus any time of the day. And in fact, you can uh, say a, a short prayer. Uh, one of Father Rocky's favorite goes like this. I wish my Lord to receive you with the purity, humility, and devotion with which your Holy Mother received you with the spirit and the fervor of the saints. I want to bring in my partner, uh, Glenn. Uh, what are a few of the stories making headlines on this Thursday morning? Well, the uh, celebration of the Super Bowl with that victory parade, Kansas City Chiefs picking up their second win in a row, third in five years. Uh, the team having a great time with about a million people in Kansas City, ended as shots rang out. One dead, over 22 injured, including several children in Kansas City with a mass shooting yesterday. Uh, footage incredible with crowds running for their lives, literally, and at least one of the shooters tackled by bystanders. Three people are in custody, and uh, no word yet on a motive for that. Uh, the person who died was a disc jockey, actually, uh, the name uh, Lisa Lopez uh, worked at uh, Taste of Tejano on KKFI Radio. Uh, also did wedding dances for many people. Was said to be a, a wonderful mom of two as well. Uh, and so uh, several critically injured among that number. So we hope the death toll doesn't go up, John. But uh, quite, quite uh, sad news. Glenn, uh, it is uh, just so shocking. Um, I actually first got wind of it uh, uh, on the Drew Mariani show as uh, I was listening to the uh, the beginning of the chaplet, Divine Mercy, and uh, uh, Maggie uh, said, let's pray for the victims of this shooting. So immediately I turned on the TV and... Uh, you know, you, you just don't expect that at a, at a championship uh, parade. You, you expect to, to have fun and a good time and, and celebrate, uh, you know, the, the Super Bowl championship for the Chiefs. And then it all turns into tra tragedy and uh, mayhem. Um, just so, so sad to see that. Uh, I, I know that we have uh, some reaction. We uh, the, the mayor of, of Kansas City, uh, Quentin Lucas, um, uh, spoke about uh, this uh, event. Uh, um, maybe perhaps, uh, Glenn, we, we can uh, share with what the, the mayor of Casey had to say. I mean, what you saw happen was why people talk about 
guns a lot. We had over 800 officers there, staffed, situated all around Union Station today. We had security in, in any number of places, eyes on top of buildings and beyond. And there still is a risk to people. Well, like he said right there, John, uh, they had 800 security folks uh, all over the place, and yet that still happened. And uh, we've got the sounds of a few eyewitnesses as well. Yes, we do. Here's what a few of the witnesses had uh, to say uh, right on the scene. Someone said it was a fire, and then she comes running, and she's like, no, it's shots fired. And so we started listening to her, and then that's when everybody started. Yeah, and I was just telling everybody to get down, get down. My wife looked at me like there was no words even spoken, like we just tucked and rolled kind of deal, like we just had to get out of there. It is uh, so heartbreaking, uh, especially to actually learn and uh, uh, and put a, a face uh, to to the victim. Uh, this uh, beloved DJ mom of two, uh, Lisa Lopez, uh, so, so so sad. Um, the the mayor of Kansas City also said that the White House uh, called to offer uh, any kind of assistance that they could, and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, football team organization actually released a statement regarding the shooting uh, in at their championship parade. Uh, the uh, Chiefs organization said it's, it's truly saddened by the senseless act of violence that occurred outside of Union Station. Their hearts go out to the victims, their families, and all of Kansas City. The Chiefs did confirm that all the players, coaches, staff, and their families are all safe and accounted for, and the statement ended with uh, thanks to uh, the, all the local law enforcement officers and the first responders who are on the scene to assist. Uh, Glenn. Even the mayor had to be on the run as this was uh, this was happening. Uh, quite amazing. Uh, different players. You mentioned the Chiefs being all safe there, but uh, calling for prayers and uh, you know up on on X and, and, and things like that. And so the, the team reaching out, but uh, you know they're there to celebrate uh, with their fans. Like you said, it should be a very joyous occasion. Uh, and yet another uh, you know mass entertainment event ruined by a mass shooting. Yeah, and as the mayor pointed out, uh, you know, as people were, uh, you know, running for their lives away from uh, the scene of the shooting, uh, the police and all the security folks, uh, 800 strong, were actually, many of them heading towards the shooting uh, just to show uh, how valuable law enforcement is in, in that kind of a situation where they immediately jump into action. Yeah, you know, that's uh, you know, some real heroes trying to, Trying to do that, and the heroes among the regular people tackling uh, at least one of the shooters there, and uh, you know it just goes to say any large crowd, and you know be aware of your surroundings as as much as possible, uh, and you know with that large a crowd, even hundreds of law enforcement, uh, you know not able to stop someone who really wants to do something like that, especially you know an, an outdoor gathering where I'm pretty sure there was no way they could have you know sent everyone through metal detectors before they gathered. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing that really was so heartbreaking was to hear that 11 uh, of uh, those 22 people were children, nine of which uh, actually uh, had gunshot wounds. And so, you know, the first thing I thought of is I remember taking my son when he was eight to the Cubs championship parade. And, you know, the last thing you ever imagine is that one's child, your children would be actually uh, shot by bullets at a parade. And then how to explain that? I mean, the effect on those kids through the future and then other kids nearby are just, uh, you know, we used to uh, talk to, to Rhonda Martin through the years on Morning Air here about, you know, how to talk to kids after these mass shooting events. And, uh, 
you know, we would have her on when it was an event like this, and it got to be so commonplace. She was almost a, a regular weekly guest, sadly, a good guest. But, uh, yeah, you know, the, the effect on, on kids, what do you say to them? Um, and I remember even, you know, over the course of 20 years of morning air in the beginning, we'd have her on occasionally for an event like that. And, you know, one of the strategies was to talk to kids saying, you know, the odds of this, are just it's really, really rare and uh, by the end, it got to be, you know, she didn't recommend that as the, the main argument to make because uh, enough were happening and enough were covered that, uh, you know, that wasn't the argument that would stick with the kids, sadly. Yeah, we, we've had uh, Rhonda on, on the show as well. In fact, I actually mentioned it to Gabby before the show this morning. We, we probably need to, to reach out to her to, to, to get her perspective uh, on this uh, horrible uh, shooting. Uh, the other uh, story, um, Glenn, uh, in the news this morning has to do with the House Intelligence Committee with a warning about serious national security threats. Uh, what is the latest? Well, Ohio Republican uh, Congressman Mike Turner um, his committee made info available on this threat without saying exactly when it was. It's believed to be some Russian space capability of uh, taking out some other satellites. And uh, we don't know exactly yet. It hasn't all been declassified, but uh, has people who look at such things uh, a bit riled. But, you know, they, they throw that out there and then they tell us not to worry. Uh, and so uh, as we get more info on that, we'll be sure to pass that along with that seems to be what the thought is that it's uh, some russian nuclear space capability not for dropping bombs from space as it were but uh, for taking out other satellites and uh, of course uh, the uh, the russians i actually uh, heard the, the russian reaction uh, that it's all just uh, propaganda and and made up nonsense who knows <laughs> we'll try to find out we don't want to be spreading rumors but uh, yeah we'll try and let you know but uh, uh, what do they say? The first casualty in war is the truth, you know, and uh, when we're sort of at war with Russia in terms of uh, helping Ukraine fight them and, and uh, you know, the stuff that goes back and forth, we really need to, to read and listen carefully. Absolutely. Uh, meanwhile, of course, yesterday was Ash Wednesday. How, how was your Ash Wednesday, Glenn? Well, very nice. Uh, you know, not uh, available with a work schedule to avail myself of mass during the day, but uh, in the evening, great turnout to the local parish. And then got to do some penance right after that <clears throat> in terms of uh, shoveling and, and snow blowing snow. We got uh, nearly seven inches in the greater Twin Cities area in Minnesota last night. And uh, it was a, a beautiful snowfall, uh, a hassle for those who had to maybe drive in it very far. Uh, but, uh, you know, the snowblower that I started up like in November to make sure it was ready for the season, I hadn't touched in like three months. We've had like two other snowfalls that were about an inch apiece. It was the least snow this winter I've ever seen to this point. And, uh, you know, made up some ground uh, last night there, but it was great to get out there and, you know, uh, some neighbors had done some of my sidewalks by the time I got home, and then I was able to help another neighbor with their driveway later. And so uh, teamwork was in effect, but maybe a little instant penance there, John. Well, here at our relevant radio headquarters, we were extremely uh, blessed uh, to be able uh, to go to Mass uh, in our new uh, chapel, which uh, was uh, reopened uh, once again after uh, a little bit of downtime while they did some uh, final um, tweaks to it. Uh, it looks magnificent. It is absolutely uh, beautiful, uh, you know, dedicated to uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. You walk in, it is just, uh, you feel like you're in heaven when you walk into this chapel in, in Glen. So, uh, you know, when you're down this way, you absolutely have to stop by. No, it, it, 
you inviting me, or is that something that the average listener will in the future be able to avail themselves of? Well, this is really uh, more of a private uh, chapel uh, for uh, our relevant radio uh, associates. Uh, but, uh, you know, unfortunately at this at this point, as far as I know, it is not uh, open uh, to the public. Um, but, uh, you know, yesterday was 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 beautiful. You know, we uh, we had the, the Ash Wednesday liturgy. Uh, Father Simon uh, was the main celebrant, and uh, everybody got ashes. There was a lot of ashes flying all over the place i got it all over my my clothes but uh, you know that's okay it's uh, you know we've been talking about ash wednesday for weeks uh, glenn uh, so it was a lot of anticipation yesterday it finally came and uh, you know one of the things that and i mentioned to you this before the show uh, uh i always find it interesting to see uh, how the the media uh, act uh, on Ash Wednesday. You know, there's a lot of uh, Catholic journalists out there, and uh, whenever I see someone wearing ashes, for example, on national television, to me that really, uh, you know, says something. It makes a statement. Uh, you know, you're not afraid of your faith. You're not ashamed of the gospel, basically. And uh, you know, I, I kudos to to Laura Ingram. I happened to catch a little bit of of her uh, program last night. You know, paying attention to what was happening with the uh, um, with the championship uh, parade in in, in Kansas City. And, and uh, she was wearing her ashes very proudly, and uh, you know, and and so was Raymond Arroyo for that matter on her show. So uh, I think that that's the you know I bring them up because we too, just regular folks, need to not be ashamed uh, to wear our ashes to show that we're Catholic. Whether we're at the store, at the gym, or wherever we go, it's an outward sign that we follow Jesus. Now, if you were able to rewind the clock a little bit uh, with the, the way you hold your faith now and we're still doing uh, TV, is that something that you would have been sporting last night, too? Um, you know, I believe so. I absolutely do believe so. In fact, I, I, I do remember, you know, wearing ashes, you know, back in the day in my TV days uh, at uh, at the local Fox station in in Detroit, uh, you know, but that was a long time ago, uh, Glenn. Um uh, if if I had to do it over again, for sure I would wear ashes uh, proudly because I think we we need to to be able to to be witnesses and this is a it's 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 a small thing but it's a, it's a great opportunity to to say hey I'm Catholic and I'm not ashamed of my faith. Yeah, amen to that. For sure. And the other thing is, is you know, things happen, you know, nothing happens, you know, by accident. I happened to be in the back of church uh, the other day, and sure enough, I ran into Gary Zimmick's uh, book just sitting there kind of saying, hey, pick me up. Uh, our good friend Gary Zimmick, we we're going to hear from him here momentarily uh, from a conversation that we had last week. But uh, his book is called uh, Give Up Worry for Lent. And I said, you know what? This is a wonderful, wonderful resource, and uh, uh, I'm going to use it this Lent. So uh, I am... Uh, I'm going to be doing um, some spiritual reading uh, with Gary along with Scripture uh, d- during this Lent, and uh, it's it's just a, a great way uh, to uh, to help uh, to help anyone find uh, peace in their heart uh, during uh, these 40 days. Uh, so so there you have it. Uh, that that's a few of the highlights of yesterday. Now, oh, very good. Kind of fun too with uh, the job we have getting to talk to all these uh, great authors and spiritual writers that uh, you go to be part of a uh, video Bible study at church and hey, I know that guy. I've interviewed him or that book that they've, uh, you know, got in the back to pick up on the way out for Lent or Advent or something and oh, hey, I've interviewed that guy. <laughs> and so uh, that truly is a blessing, but we are blessed with, you know, so many resources all around us that uh, 
it is something that's uh, not too hard to, to find something further, you know, whether it be uh, Lenten lessons through Relevant Radio, whether it be, uh, you know, some of the stuff that some of the guests we've had on Relevant Radio have put out that might be sitting there at your own local parish. But we're, we're happy to be part of that mix here at Relevant Radio. Absolutely. As always, uh, Glenn, uh, good chatting with you. More next hour. Yeah, sure thing, John. We begin every morning, always in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings uh, through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, as uh, we continue to pray for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and Ukraine, peace in our nation, peace in our church and in our families. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, the patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our power scripture from the playbook of life this morning is from Revelation 3.20. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. Our Lord Jesus wants us to hear his voice. He knocks on the door of our hearts and invites us to sup with him, that is to eat his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. Christ wants close intimacy with each and every one of us. And the question is, do we really take advantage of this gift of love, of his true presence, substantially present in the sacred host under the appearances of bread and wine in the most holy Eucharist? Let's uh, begin uh, today here early in Lent by opening the door of our hearts and letting our Lord Jesus feed us with the bread of life the Holy Eucharist. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer that Drew and Maggie pray every afternoon during the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a, a short break when we come back. You'll hear my recent conversation with longtime Morning Air contributor Gary Zimick, uh, who spoke to us about how the Lord is asking us to serve him from the heart this Lent. So uh, stay with us. There's much more to come on this Thursday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. God loves people like you. God loves and welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for tuning in across much of our nation that is actually up this morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. As always, you can send us an email directly if you have any thoughts or story ideas. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, as I'm sure you know, Lent began yesterday with Ash Wednesday. And if you had a chance to go to Ash Wednesday Mass, uh, you uh, heard the following scripture from the first reading uh, from Joel uh, 2, 12, and 13. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. 
During last week's uh, Give From My Heart Winter Pledge Drive, I spoke to longtime Morning Air contributor Gary Zimick about Lent and how the Lord is asking us to serve him from the heart this Lent. Gary is uh, the author of the best-selling book, Give Up Worry for Lent. In fact, as I mentioned earlier, I'm reading it one chapter and one day at a time this Lent all the way to Easter Sunday uh, to Try to grow closer to our Lord and and find real peace uh, that surpasses all understanding. It is an absolutely fabulous uh, Lenten book. I highly recommend it. Uh, Gary uh, speaks frequently at parishes and conferences across uh, the country. You can sign up for his daily email reflections and see his uh, speaking schedule or arrange to actually bring him to your parish by uh, visiting his website, uh, followingthetruth.com. Here's my conversation with Morning Air contributor Gary Zimmick. Good morning, Brother Gary. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Uh, Brother John, you know what? It makes my day when I get to start it with you. So glad to be asked back again to come on to, on the program. I really believe in the work that you're doing, and it's so great that you give listeners like me, because I'm a, I'm a donor as well, listeners like me an opportunity to share in your mission of proclaiming the gospel. Um, and and, and that's, really, that's really my theme today. This idea of giving from the heart, serving God from your heart, and as is indicated in that that excerpt from the uh, the first reading of Ash Wednesday Mass from the prophet Joel, the Lord wants our hearts. He he doesn't only want our external actions. He is looking for us to serve Him, not just externally, not just to do things, but He's looking for our hearts and. If that change of heart comes about, or that desire to serve him, to love one another, if that begins on the inside, then eventually that's going to flow into our external actions. So, you know, if anybody's listening and possibly wondering, how can I serve the Lord? How can I do my share in proclaiming the gospel? I'm not on the radio. What what am I able to do? You're able to donate, to, to call in, to make a pledge, to help keep relevant radio on the air, which in turn is going to share the gospel. But when we, when we give, we need to give from the heart, not just because it's a good thing to do externally, but because we want to serve God. We want to express our love for him, and that's why we do it from the heart. Absolutely. And uh, Gary, what is one of the biggest mistakes that uh, sometimes we make uh, during Lent? Oh, John, I've done it for many years. It's just doing things. I've got to give this up. I've got to give that up, and which is all good. But the Lord's looking for, for us to do it because we love him. He wants it to come from inside. He just doesn't want us to do things. For years, I just gave up sweets every Lent, and I, but I never really understood why I was doing it. That at the end of Lent, I would just start eating all kinds of cake and candy again. That's fine if we're going to do that. But what the Lord is looking for is that desire. He wants our will. He wants that choice coming from us to serve Him by giving up something, by doing something. And that's that's the best way to go into Lent, I believe, to give up something and to do something out of love for God. And of course, uh, in recent days, we've already begun to to hear about the the church teaching on the three pillars of Lent, which are a prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. In fact, two of of the three involve external practices. Uh, Do they flow from uh, the internal conversion? Oh, absolutely, John. I really believe that they do. Once we start that line of prayer going, once we start that internal practice of communicating with the Lord, 
then his Holy Spirit changes our heart little by little. And what can flow from there, what should flow from there, is the, the fasting and the almsgiving, the externals, the doing something. But again, it's because of that internal love that we have that God places in our heart. I mean, he gives that to us, that it flows from that internal love of God. Gary, I keep an image of the sacred heart of Jesus uh, with his beautiful burning heart in front of me uh, right here under our monitor in studio as a reminder that that's what he wants. He wants our heart. And uh, that's what we're talking about here. We are talking with our good friend, Catholic speaker, author, and radio host, Gary Zimmick, about serving God from the heart. Uh, Gary, how can we make sure that that, what you call that internal conversion is actually taking place in us? Great question, John. I I think the best sign of that is to look at our external actions, to, to look at how much do I love, how much do I put other people first, how much am I trying to do things to help others? You know, so the Lord's looking for our heart. That's where it all begins. But the, the, the way we can see the fruit of our efforts, the way that we can be sure that our heart is in the right place is by what we do. It all has to lead to action. It doesn't begin with action, but it, but it leads to actions. Because if the Lord is truly working on our heart and, and we're responding and our heart is changing and our heart is becoming more like the heart of Jesus, we're going to want to go out and sacrifice and help others, put others before our, our, our own needs. Well, there's no doubt that our Lord it wants our heart. Uh, in, in fact, that's why I, I picked uh, that uh, power scripture uh, for where your treasure is there, yeah. your heart is also that our Lord said. And that is such a powerful reminder that really that's what he wants. At the end of the day, he wants our heart. He wants us to trust in him. Exactly. And what we pursue, what we value, that's going to be where our heart is. So if we put all of our, you know, all of our efforts in acquiring the things of the world and seeking comfort in the things of the world, as I honestly did for many years, that's what it was. When I had a problem, when I was worried, when I was needed some kind of relief, I looked to external things. I'd buy things. I'd, you know, go to a bar and drink in my younger days. I mean, there were things I could do to alleviate my stress, but unfortunately, none of those things lasted. And, you know, what, what we're talking about here and what you're doing on Relevant Radio has eternal consequences. You're not just helping to entertain people to take their minds off their problems. What you're doing is helping all of us to prepare for life in heaven, reminding, of us, reminding us of what really matters and where our hearts should be, not in the things of the world, but in eternal things. And that's, you know, really, that's what Lent is all about shutting out the distractions, going into the desert, that quiet place with Jesus for 40 days, and, and working on detaching ourselves from all the things that distract us and keep us away from giving our heart to the Lord. And I know that this is something uh, that you have thought about, you have written about, uh, obviously with your, your book, uh, Give, Up, Give Up Worry for Lent. Uh, it, what was the inspiration for, for that book that is uh, and has touched so, so many uh, hearts? Oh, John, you know, it's my life story because from, a, from an early age, I was, always, I was an anxious child, and I, I struggled with anxiety for so many years. And, and I, you know, I've been doing this full-time ministry for 12 years. I've been speaking about Give Up Worry for Lent and giving parish missions on the topic, and I've met so many people who are also troubled and worried and burdened. 
And when they find out that Jesus can help them, that he is truly that light of the world, he's the Prince of Peace, that he's the, the real source of peace, he's what they were looking for all along, even though they didn't know it. When I find that out, it really gives my heart a great joy. But this is a personal topic with me. It's something that I deal with on a daily basis. I will always be an anxious person by nature, but that's okay, because that keeps me grounded. It reminds me that of the fact that I need the Lord. I need him in my life. And if I turn to him each day, he can give me peace. You know, John, it's like St. Paul with that thorn in the flesh. The Lord didn't take it away, even though Paul said, take it away. He said, my grace is sufficient. And that's that's what the Lord does for me, and that's the message I want to let other people know. There is hope. True peace lies in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I was um, in my car yesterday afternoon uh, listening uh, to Drew Mariani uh, speaking uh, to a religious uh, sister, uh, Sister Faustina Marie, and she was talking about uh, the litany of trust. And really, it just hit home. What a powerful reminder that that's really what we need to do. Trust in the Lord with all our heart and not rely on our own understanding, uh, Gary. Exactly, John. And you and I, every time we get together on the air, that's, we talk about that. We also talk about those great words on the divine mercy image, Jesus, I trust in you. John, that's the secret. That's the secret not only to getting to heaven, but it's the secret to obtaining the peace that we're looking for, surrendering to the Lord. Jesus, I trust you. I'm going to place my trust in you, Lord. And then he takes over from there. No, no question about it. Uh, f- final thoughts uh, as we get ready for Lent. I just want to say, you know, pray to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide your heart, to let you know what you should give up for Lent. And, you know, possibly a good thing to give up is a little, uh, a little donation to Relevant Radio. And, you know, I'm only saying this because I believe in what you're doing. Give up something and let the Lord work with that. He's going to pay you back in many, many different ways. As always, thanks so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. It's always my pleasure, John. Thank you so much. God bless you. And what a fabulous message and a reminder. The Lord wants our heart. That was my recent conversation from just last week during the Pledge Drive, the Give from the Heart Pledge Drive with Gary Zimmick, a longtime Morning Air contributor and the best-selling author of Give Up Worry for Lenta. You can visit his website, Following the Truth. Com. We need to take a short pause. When we come back, Bishop Donald Hine, the Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin, will be with us to talk about the spiritual power of ascetism. So uh, stay with us. Uh, we are just uh, warming up as uh, Morning Air continues on this Thursday here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and producer Gabby in for Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday after Ash Wednesday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. You can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. 
Now, we often hear how Lent is a time of prayer and sacrifice, of self-denial. It's also an opportunity to practice asceticism. Uh, Many of the saints throughout history have embraced this practice, and it can have a powerful impact on our spiritual life. But the question is, what is asceticism? In fact, uh, some folks may have never heard of the term. Hint, it's not about wearing hair shirts or uh, whipping yourself. Joining us live... uh, this morning is His Excellency Bishop Donald Hine, the Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin, to discuss the spiritual power of asceticism in our lives and uh, ways that we can uh, practice uh, asceticism uh, during this Lenten season. Bishop Hine is the fifth Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, previously, he was the Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and before that, he was the Bishop of the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. Your Excellency uh, Bishop Hine, thanks so much for being with us. It's a joy to be with you here early in the Lenten season on day two. Yeah, good morning, John. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, blessings um, of this Lent to you and all of our listeners. Always a wonderful opportunity to let God um, move in our lives again, and uh, He gives us another chance to uh, become holy. Well, this morning we're going to talk about uh, this uh, uh, traditional ancient uh, practice of asceticism. And uh, there are some folks that have never uh, really actually heard of it. Uh, can you explain for us what exactly is asceticism? Yeah, asceticism is really self-denial. It's uh, embracing practices in our lives that really empty us out of self and prepare us to receive in a more rich and generous way, the presence of God. So it's really a way to remove any distractions in our lives that keep us from really becoming fully the saint uh, that God has called us to be. When you look at the history of the church, when martyrdom stopped, when the persecution of the church ended, when Christianity became not only legal, but indeed the official religion of the Roman Empire, Um, There was less of a chance to live a radical Christian life in society. Christianity was becoming enculturated, and that was a good thing. But it also meant that certain people were really looking for that fierce ability to live on the edge with the Holy Spirit, I would say. So many of them went off to the desert, um, lived lives of fasting, prayer, solitude. I'm thinking of St. Anthony, who's the father of monasticism in the East, uh, St. Benedict, um, father of monasticism in the West. So it's really an attempt to remove all distractions so one could be solely focused on God. And so Lent for us is really a time to practice um, that self-denial, as we know. So the idea of giving something up for Lent or turning off the television or not listening to the uh, radio in the car, even though we should always listen to relevant radio, right? But um, in essence, uh, seeking more silence, more peace, um, removing those things from our lives that keep us distracted, I would say is a general introduction to it. And uh, Your Excellency, uh, the Church has a long history of uh, this practice of asceticism that goes all the way back to the early Church. We see evidence of it, uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, with some of these great uh, Church fathers. Yeah, and fasting is always at the heart of it. Even in the scriptures, it's so clear that even in the Old Testament and the New Testament, fasting was a spiritual practice to really open oneself up to the Holy Spirit. And combining fasting and almsgiving really 
um, gives us a, a double punch because it, fasting, we're kind of stepping out of our own selfish desires. Almsgiving, we're stepping into the needs of others. And really, when you think about it, that's what Lent is about. It's less of self, more of God, less of comfort, more sacrifice, less about me, more about God and other people. And asceticism really just allows us to have the freedom, the space, the silence to hear God. Um, think of when you go on a retreat, even if it's just for a weekend, you're away from your normal environment. You don't have the usual distractions or turn to pleasures. And we can more readily listen to God because we're kind of thrown off of our complacency. I think that's what asceticism does for us. Want to open up the, the phone lines if you want to be part of our conversation on asceticism, on this self-denial, this self-sacrifice. And maybe you might want to share how you are yourself denying yourself uh, of physical pleasures and conveniences, uh, even though uh, uh, you may not want to during this. We'd love to hear uh, what kind of sacrifices uh, you're doing. We're taking your calls for uh, Bishop Donald Hying at 888 914-9149. Excellency, why, why do you think that, that some folks don't practice a, a, this type of, of self-denial, uh, this self-sacrifice in our modern world? Yeah, I don't have to look any further than me <laughs> to answer that question because it's hard. You know, we want uh, to live lives that are, are comfortable, that are easy. There's just something within us that wants to instinctively take the easier path um, you know, which is easier to sleep in or to get up and go to the gym at five in the morning, you know, which is easier to eat, um, McDonald's or to eat something healthy. So our will and our heart have to be disciplined, uh, to choose what's good for us rather than what's pleasurable for us. So it's, it's a result of the fall, right? So we all live on concupiscence, which is the big fancy, morally theological word for a disordered desire. So after the original sin, we have disordered desire. We don't want the right things, and we reject the good things. And so really the path of holiness is really setting out on that pursuit of holiness so that the Lord can um, reorder our desires with himself at the center so asceticism is really about reordering our desire, and, and that's a difficult thing because we're constantly going against our human nature. But kind of just like if I go to the gym, regularly lift weights, I'm going to increase my ability to lift more weight. And so it is with our ascetical muscles. The more we practice self-denial, the easier it becomes to reject what we want and to really do what is often the harder and more challenging thing. And in our culture, we have so many pleasures, so many uh, conveniences uh, beyond anybody's wildest dreams. So it's hard to realize our need for God when we have everything that materially we need. But to put that aside is really stepping into the footsteps of the saints, the prophets, um, thinking of Prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel, um, think of Jesus in the desert for 40 days. Um, every spiritual person um, seeks the Lord, and we can only do that through self-denial. 
And uh, when I think uh, of, of the saints, uh, it's so many of them um, did uh, all kinds of dif- different little uh, self-sacrifices, uh, uh, you know, as, as a way of getting closer to our Lord. I, I was thinking of uh, St. Therese, the, the little flower and her, her little way, doing the, the little things, but doing them for our Lord. Yeah, that's exactly right, John. And I think something important to remember is that it's not— we're not engaged in spiritual calisthenics. It isn't as if we're trying to impress God by um, practicing self-denial. So it's, it's really a means to an end. It's not an end in itself. And it's, the end is union with God. Uh, the end is holiness. The end is that we're, we're free and able, because we've been liberated from self-seeking, to do the will of God and, and to be his instrument in this world. So think of the, uh, the will of Jesus you know, the obedience of Jesus to the Father. So the, the evil one, and we'll hear that this Sunday in the Gospel, the evil one wants to pull Jesus away from the Father, away from the will of the Father, and um, tempt the Lord to use his divine powers for his own comfort, for his own power, for his own self-aggrandizement. Of course, the Lord rejects all that. But when we're obedient to the Father, it means saying no to everything that's not of his will. And to be able to do that, I really have to be in spiritual top shape. And asceticism is the, is the workout I do in order to be spiritually ready uh, to do the will of the Father. And uh, Bishop Hyland, I think there's a there's, there's a difference uh, between you know going to the gym uh, to to pump iron and work out and to get stronger you know for one's own uh, self aggrandizement or you know to really feel good and doing uh, it because you're doing it for the Lord, you're, you're doing it for his glory instead of, of yourself. And I think that the purpose of wh- why we do these little acts of, of self-denial is, is really important. Yeah, and that's why in yesterday's gospel, we hear Jesus say in Matthew's gospel, you know, don't blow a horn in front of yourself. Don't look gloomy when you're fasting, because then you get that, that earthly reward that people are looking at you and saying, oh, look how holy that person is. So when we do it in such a way that it's not even obvious or no one else even knows about it, then the value of that shines forth in the transformation of our nature. So I think the most ascetical people are also the most joyful people. So if my asceticism makes me angry, crabby, and sad, then I'm not on the right track yet. Um, so it should help us to fall in love with God to realize that he is our greatest good and that, um, that's why we're here on earth. Every Lent, I give up coffee just because it's the hardest thing for me to do. So I go cold turkey. Um, by tomorrow, I'll be wanting to check into the hospital <laughs> because of caffeine withdrawal. I'll be fine on Sunday. But I can ask myself, does God care if I give up coffee or not? And it's, it's a very tiny thing. But for me, it benefits me because when I crave coffee, I realize that God is, is my greatest craving. God is my greatest need. So if I can give him coffee, create that space in my life, and it makes me think about God in a much more direct way. Um, that, that's what we're talking about here. That uh, really hits home. You know, I, I, I so uh, related to uh, some of the comments of uh, our good friend Gary Zimmick, who was on in the, in the previous segment where he, he used to eat, uh, you know, he loves chocolate and he would give up chocolate, uh, you know, during Lent. And then at the end of uh, Lent, he would be craving chocolate. And it's like, wait, this didn't bring me closer to Jesus. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. I go back to coffee, unfortunately, on Holy Saturday. But it's amazing what we can live without if we don't have it. And it's amazing how clear our vision becomes when we are less distracted and more able to focus on the Lord. So asceticism is really about how do we take away the distractions of this world so that we can already live in God's world, that we can be in relationship with the Blessed Trinity, that we can know the will of the Father, um, that we can be saints even in the midst of uh, busy lives of work and child raising and um, homemaking. Excellency, do you think that if we practice asceticism, uh, this self-denial, that we can actually use it to help us combat whatever habitual sins that we uh, might have to deal with uh, and also help us to to build a virtue, maybe the virtue of temperance? Well, that's a great point, John, because if I can be self-denying in one aspect of my life, it's going to strengthen my will to be self-denying in other aspects that perhaps are more challenging for me. So even if I just give up something small, it's, it's going to create an entree of self-discipline into my heart so I can look at the more challenging things and now have the strength to face those as well. I think that's a wonderful point. And, and of course, it is the virtue of temperance. Um, we live in a culture where you can have too much of everything. But I remember Matthew Kelly saying once that you can never have enough of what you don't need. And it it speaks to that idea that, um, you know, our, our desire is sometimes is insatiable, but it's only ordered to God. And when we order our desire to God, then, then everything falls into place for us. But yeah, temperance is a wonderful virtue. There's many ways that we can uh, practice uh, self-denial here in maybe a couple of uh, ideas here in the final moments. Yeah, I think maybe just to turn off television, in fact, maybe just fast from all screens to the extent that that you can, um, to uh, give up uh, your favorite dessert, uh, to eat less, um, perhaps just to um, take away some of those go-to comfort things, make our life a little more uncomfortable so that we can be more focused on God and what He wants of us and hear His voice more clearly. And again, the, the, the end game is to get closer to Jesus. Uh, your Excellency, Bishop Hein, can you give us uh, your blessing? Heavenly Father, in these days of Lent, pour forth your grace upon us that we may be bold in our desire to love you, to serve you, to become your saints. Help us to deny ourselves those things that keep us from you and fill us with your grace, your light, and your peace. And we ask this blessing, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Thank you for the blessing, and we are so blessed uh, to have you. And uh, uh, what a great reminder of uh, for all of us here uh, during this Lenten season. Thanks again, Your Excellency. Yeah. Thanks so much, John. God bless. God bless you, too. Uh, His Excellency Bishop Donald Hine, the Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. Now it is time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today, thinking back on the Super Bowl, called Brock Purdy's Victory. It's from Amanda Goodman. It wasn't about Taylor Swift being at the game. It wasn't about Usher's halftime show. It was about this guy. I looked at my son last night and said, Do you understand what, what that guy has done? When he was in high school, some college coaches said he was below average in height. His arm strength and accuracy were meh. He was dead last in the NFL draft, getting dubbed Mr. Irrelevant. 
the lowest paid among starting NFL quarterbacks. Last year, he took his team to the NFC Championship, which they probably would have won had he not gotten hurt this year playing in the Super Bowl. This is why you never let anyone define you. This is why you never give up. This is why when God is for us, no one can be against us. Thank you, Brock, for being such a role model, not with your words, but with your actions. Thank you for showing all of us that others' opinions are just noise. Thank you for being steadfast in your belief that even when things aren't going our way, God is good all the time. You won the night, number 13. You won just by being out there. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not judge from his appearance or from his lofty stature, because I have rejected him. God does not see as a mortal who sees the appearance. The Lord looks into the heart. What a, a great reminder. Mr. Irrelevant, uh, Brock Purdy, the, the QB for the 49ers, with that great message and uh, example of never, ever giving up. Coming up next hour here on Morning Air, social scientist, author, and mother of eight children, Catherine uh, Pakalik, uh, associate professor at the Catholic University of America, will be with us to talk about making the case for large families in our modern society, plus our spiritual Director Father James Kabicki uh, will be with us uh, to talk about making a spiritual retreat uh, during this Lenten season. So stay uh, with us. There is much more to come on uh, this uh, Thursday uh, edition of Morning Air here in the second and final hour of the show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 